Welcome to Holy Savior Sermons, bringing you the weekend sermons given at Holy Savior Church. We've explored what it means for us to belong, what it means for us to be part of a faith community, a people connected in Christ. You know, as we kicked off the series again, you know, we had the clothespins as our kind of visual and talk about like two pieces of wood that are simply two pieces of wood. But when they are connected by that little metal spring, they become a clothespin. They have a, a purpose and an identity. And so the same is for us as individual followers of Jesus. You know, we are individual followers of Jesus. But our connection, that gives us a sense of purpose. It gives us a common purpose. Mission, mission and vision is Jesus Christ. He is the connecting point. And the following week, then, we talked about being rooted in Christ, that, that we grow together in Christ. And as we are rooted in Christ, you're catching the theme, right? In Christ, we are connected in Christ, we are rooted. That as we're rooted in Christ, you know, we bear that fruit of his love, that relationship we have with him in our lives, in our faith community here at Holy Savior, in the community of Lincoln and all around the world. And then last week, we touched on a subject, sometimes a little bit touchier for some of us. We talked about what it means for us to give together, what it means for us to respond to God's gifts. We had a big, you know, container of M&Ms up here, and, you know, Sean came up here. You got to play the role of God, and we kind of talked about all the gifts and resources that God gives us, our time, our talent, our treasures, everything we have belongs to God, and, and what it's like when we sometimes want to, you know, give to God and how we can give to God begrudgingly. We can feel like, you know, we have to give. It's law. Or we're obligated to give, you know, but we want to give out of the heart of gratitude and generosity. And then rather than just pulling out those who are not giving at a certain, you know, level or whatever, we put the challenge out that together we would be generous in the resources that God has given us. And together, a challenge for all of us to increase our giving by one so if you're giving zero, you go to one. If you're giving two, which is about the average, you go to three. If you're giving 10, you're doing a tithe, you go to 11. If you're giving 99%, you're going to give how much? 100%. Now, that probably is not going to happen, but you know, that we would just put that challenge not, again, to one individual or one family, but to all of us together. That together we'd say God has called us here. He's connected us in Christ. And in response to what God has done for us in Christ... You know, we want to be generous with the resources that God has for us so that we can accomplish the mission that he's called us to, the purpose that he's called us together. And so we had as our theme verse here, Acts 2.42. Let's read these words together. The disciples are devoted to the teachings of the apostles, to fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and to prayer. So as again, we talk about what it means for us to belong together. We look at the early followers of Jesus. And as they gather together, that sense of connection they have, that fellowship, you know, koinonia is the Greek term, the connection they had, they had the breaking of bread, you know, they celebrated the Lord's Supper, but they also they had fellowship together with meals and they were with one another, that they had times of prayer, that they read the scriptures, the apostles' teachings, and they also lived out their purpose on earth. They lived out the mission that God had called them to. And that's what we're going to get in today. We're going to get into talking about the mission that God calls his church. Before we do that, let's go to our Lord in prayer. Lord Jesus, we thank you and we praise you and we pray, Lord, just as we sang in the hymn, that you would be our, our vision. You would be the one that leads us forward to wherever you are sending us, wherever we would go. We pray this, Lord Jesus, in your powerful name. 
Amen. Well, as we do that, you know, we're going to take a look here at these words of Jesus in Matthew 28, verse 19 especially. This is often called the Great Commission. So today we're going to talk about three kind of components of what it means for us to be witnesses together. The first is that we have a mandate, and we're going to talk a little bit about the, um, after the mandate, we're going to talk about the, the method, and then we're going to talk about the message. We talk about the mandate, that we have the mandate right here. Let's read these words again. We just read them, but let's read them together. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations. Now when you read this text, often again called the Great Commission, you know, what comes to mind? Well, you know, if you're like me, and I think like a lot of us, well, the first thing that may come to mind are those people who have been called as missionaries, as servants of the church and of Christ, and they're going to go where? They're going to go overseas, right? Or they're going to go across national borders. So I, you know, I think of people like maybe you know, like those who've gone on small you know, mission trips, like our Poland team that has gone over and served for about two weeks to the youth in Poland. Or missionaries like, you know, I've got classmates and friends of mine, you know, Mark and Stephanie Raby, who are over in Africa. He's a seminary professor, so he's a super smart guy there. And his wife, he's helping to train pastors there in, in Africa. Or, you know, my, or my, even my daughter, Chelsea, who's just been accepted and is going to be going over to the Czech Republic to serve there as a missionary alongside other missionaries like Ben Helge, who's there as, as well. I mean, we, these are the people we often think about as missionaries when we hear this text. Those who've been called and sent over where? There. Not here, but there. The problem is, is this text and these words of Jesus speaks to the whole church to all of his followers. And this is also probably not the best translation of this text as we talk about this mandate from our Savior. I like this translation better. And let, let's read this together and I'll kind of explain more about it. So wherever you go, make disciples of all people groups. See, the problem is that when we translate it as go, we get this idea of a mandate as go. You go. You go way over there. But really the, the language here the language that Jesus speaks is, you know, so wherever you go, as you go, as you go about your daily life, your daily tasks and chores, as you go about the fun things in life, as you live each day, make disciples. See, that's a lot different than this idea of go, you know, to Africa, go to the Czech Republic, go to, you know, Belize, go to you know, Russia, you could name all these different countries we can send missionaries to, and, and we support a number of missionaries, and we pray for them. But really, when Jesus says these words, he's speaking these words to each and every one of us, to all of us here at Holy Savior that are connected in Christ, wherever you go. And then the other translation that you see, it's a little bit different here, it says, it says wherever you go, make disciples of What? all people groups. See, the, the word nations is, I don't think, the best translation in this text. Because in the original words that Jesus spoke, the Greek language there, the, the word is, you know, is where we get our English word ethnic from. So it's really not nations as in the Czech Republic or Poland or the United States or Mexico or Canada or Russia or Sudan. It is all people groups, all ethnic and cultural groups. And see, there's ethnic and cultural groups, yes, in foreign lands that we may send missionaries to, but you know, there are ethnic and cultural groups right here in the United States. I mean, do you know how diversified Lincoln, Nebraska is? 
Nobody has the exact answer, and I didn't look it up. I, I was hoping somebody would. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. I've looked at that before, but it's been a while. But, you know, we talk about, you know, we work with a number of the schools here. We worked with Belmont Elementary. This year we worked with Doss Elementary as well. And then we also work with Good, Rich, um, Middle School. You know, Belmont is, you know, it's been one of the most linguistically diverse schools in the nation. There are 40, 50, 60, 70, 80 different cultural groups represented there. First of all, wow to all those teaching staff that do an amazing job with all those different cultural groups that they've got to work with. But it also shows you the great diversity of nations and, and cultural groups that are right here in our door, right outside our door. And so, you know, we've, we've often said this, and let's just make sure you still remember this. If I ask you this question here, where's the mission field? You say, what? It's, yeah, for those of you who don't know that, the answer is right under our feet. Now, whether your feet are taking you to faraway lands, you know, God may call and move you. You know, Lenny and I were talking about retirement, that you never really retire. You know, there are those people that I know that, that are going alongside or training with my daughter. You know, she's 22 and is going to go to the Czech Republic. There are others that are 60-something. So they are retired, and in their retirement, they are going to where God is sending them. But even for those of us who stay pretty close to home, the mission field is right under our feet. Whether we are young or old, we are called to be his witnesses. In fact, those are the words we hear. And this is, again, part of what we have here in this gospel of Matthew and then in Acts. It's also in Luke and Mark. This is all part of these words that Jesus speaks 40 days after his resurrection. This is what we call his ascension. So Jesus suffered, died, Three days, rose again. For 40 days, he revealed himself to be the risen Savior. And then he gathers all of his followers there. And he's going to return to his Father in heaven. And he gives this mandate, this commissioning, this call for us to be his witnesses. Let's read Acts 1, 8 together. You will be my witnesses to testify about me in Jerusalem, throughout Judea and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. So even as Jesus speaks these words here, again, he's got this idea. You're going to be my witnesses to testify about me, you know, right under your feet. And for some of you, you're going to travel a little ways. And some of you are going to really travel outside your comfort zone, outside the ethnic and geographical groups that you know to be my witnesses. And so this is a great language here too, because when we talk about what it means for us, what this mandate means, we are witnesses. And this is a, this is a court term. I mean, have you ever been a witness in a, you know, judicial system, you know, or ever, you know, seen an accident and, and had a police officer ask you for, you know, what you witnessed, you know, sign something to say that you were a witness that this couple got married on this day. And so we are being a witness to, and testifying as a witness to what Jesus has done in our lives. Now, for those early followers of Jesus, when he spoke these words, I mean, these people had heard Jesus teach. They had seen him perform miracles, raise people from the dead, you know, heal people, feed thousands upon thousands of people. They had seen him beaten and, and nailed to the cross and buried in the tomb and then showing himself risen, physically alive. Now, none of us are that old, so we haven't experienced that. But we experience God's love in our lives. We experience his presence, his peace the ways that God has worked in our lives, and we are witnesses to that. We are witnesses to how Jesus works in our lives. See, your life, my life, our life together is a mission. It has a mission. And as followers of Jesus, 
He has a purpose and a plan for us. The mission field right under our feet. Everyday missionary is one who lives on the mission where God has placed him or her. So we talked some about the um, mandate we have. You know, we are called to go, you know, as we go each and every day, all the connections we have in life. We are, you know, called to testify, to be witnesses to Jesus in our lives. So now let's move to, to the method. You know, there's a lot of different methods you could use when we talk about witnessing or sometimes we use the word evangelizing, you know, and, and trying to tell others about Jesus. And I'm going to give you a few of these, and maybe some of these are ones that you're familiar with, maybe even some of you have tried. Anyone ever try this right here? The, the, the old door knocking? You knock on someone's door? How many of you have done that before? Not many of you. How many of you like doing that? None of you? One, like, one hint. You know, but most of us, that scares us kind of spitless to go knock on the door of a complete stranger. And the old Kennedy evangelism question we would ask if you did that was, if you died tonight and God said to you, why should I let you into my heaven, what would you say? And they most likely would say something like, well, I hope I've been kind of good. I haven't been that bad of a person. I go to church on occasion. And then you can like, kind of like the um, buzzer sound when you go, you say, wrong answer, let me tell you the answer. And you go off and tell them all about Jesus, how he died for their sins, and that you know, God loves them. Problem with door knocking is one, most of us never have tried it. And if we have, we've been scared spitless about doing it. It's not something we're comfortable with. But also in today's culture, it's hard to find people at home. And then if someone comes knocking on your door, you can kind of bet it's one of about three people. You know, it's either one of the two groups that tends to come around and knock on doors, like, you know, the Church of Jesus Christ, Latter-day Saints, Mormons, or, or Jehovah Witness, or maybe it's somebody selling candy, you know, and, and, or it's a complete stranger. But, you know, and, and so we're just not accustomed to that. Plus, a lot of us nowadays, we're just not home. We talk about creating a culture and a place to belong here at Holy Savior because we live in a culture that's disconnected. Most of us drive into the garage, shut the garage door, and we don't know our neighbors. So there's not that sense of connecting and knocking and doors and visiting like there used to be. So it's a very foreign thing for us. Not that it's wrong. It just may not be the most effective today, especially for most of us. Another way, and I've done this one before too, or something kind of like this. You know, just standing in a street corner with a big sign, kind of yelling out to people, repent, the end is near. Anyone ever do that before? Really? You know, that's kind of an interesting way to meet people. And, you know, and you, you do things like, you get really weird looks from people that way. You pass out like these little paper tracks that talk about, you know, like, look, you, you got to repent. Jesus loves you. And, you know, again, you know, most people, if they get those tracks, you know, what do they do with them? Most of them probably, they thank you, yes. And then they, you know, there's a big pile of them just around the corner. Or they see you and they purposely, you know, take a three-block detour around you. Now, again, this can be effective. There are times this kind of in-your-face approach is effective. God uses that to connect with people. And, and some of us really are comfortable being that bold in someone's face. And, and there are those folks who need that kind of in-your-face connection. But for most of us, again, this is something we're not so comfortable with and something that, well, we're probably not going to do. Well, here's another one. I love this gigantic Bible. You know, be kind of like the Bible thumper. Big old Bible, come up to somebody and say, repent, whack, 
You know, this idea that, you know, I'm going to tell you all about Jesus, and I'm going to pour all of everything I know about God right into your head, often kind of with a self-righteous attitude. I know it. You need to know it. You better turn or burn. And again, it can be effective. Probably not the most effective again today. In today's culture, people don't often respond well to that. And again, most of us, I mean, anyone ever tried that before? Again, I've tried some of these things. I try a lot of things. Um, and, and it probably is not the most effective. This is the kind of thing you can do sometimes too when you're getting on an airplane, you know, and sorry if you ever sat next to me sometimes if I'm flying alone, not with family or friends. I sit next to someone and I wait to see what they do because if they don't put the earbuds in right away, you can start a conversation, you know, and that conversation can go all kinds of different places, but I've had those conversations with the people, especially when they find I'm a pastor, because usually even if people aren't very religious, they'll say, oh, you know, I have the meaning to go to church, and they begin to apologize for not going to church, and then I just start talking about God, and say, well, you know, God's not so concerned about you going to church, he's wanting to have a relationship with you, and I've had some great conversations with people. You know, but, but sometimes, and I remember this one evangelism class that I had studied under was the idea that you would do that, but you want to get them in that three-hour flight to turn or burn, you know. You want to get them to believe in Jesus, and so that you walked off that plane going, check the box. You know, I, I, I got to share the good news. And see, sometimes we made, you know, sharing the, the methods we use, like that of a car salesman or, or something, you know, this kind of pitch we got to give people. But see, I... I think it's always been this way. And you go back to the early church, it was this way. And especially today, it's been much more just those conversations we have with people. Some people that we just meet, you know, on an airplane, on the bus, watching a ball game, you know, standing in the grocery line, to the people that we know, you know, people we know because, you know, our kids play ball. We sit next to each other on a regular basis. We watch the kids play ball to the people that are our neighbors, our, our family, our coworkers, our friends, our classmates the people that we can have, you know, conversations with, not just once, but again and again. You see, this is important, I think, for us again to hear. Your life has what? A mission. Your life, our life together has a mission. And perhaps one of the best ways for us to witness to God's love in our lives is not only with our words, but with our actions. So we do things like collect the backpacks. And a little bit later on, you know, this year we're going to collect coats and mittens and we're going to provide those to the schools like Belmont and Goodrich and maybe, you know, DOS as well. And, and we do things like we work with refugees that are coming in through the refugee system and, and we, we work at Matt Talbot Kitchen and we do other things, you know, individually and as small groups and as families and as a congregation to show God's love with our actions. And ultimately we're hoping that leads us to a conversation so that we can talk and we can share with others who Jesus is and what he's done with them. Now, as we do that, there are, again, there are some methods or tools we can use. This is one that we've talked about before. If you remember this, you know, this comes from the group Dare to Share. Ask, admire, admit. So the idea here, and I think to me this is great, if you're comfortable talking to people, whether strangers or people you know really well, ask questions. Because you ask people questions, it gives them an opportunity to do what? Talk, to share their story, to share their struggles, to, you know, ponder and reflect. And it gives you a chance to hear who they are. So you ask questions. And then you, you admire, you admire what you can about what they believe. That doesn't mean you say, hey, what you believe is okay, doesn't matter what you believe. Because, you know, we do believe that there's a God that created the universe. 
a God that created this universe and that humanity, you know, rebelled against God. So our sins separate us from God. And that there, there's no good works. There's no, you know, how good we can be that's going to save us. We can't save ourselves. We can't, um, you know, make up for what we have done. So God in his love sends his son, Jesus Christ. Jesus paid the debt for us and paid the entire debt by suffering and dying on the cross. And that believing in him, we have life today and life forever. So as we you know, ask and we admire, we admire what others may believe, whether it's an intellectual faith, intellectual questions, whether they have religious ideas or no religious ideas, or whether you know, they're talking about their ideas about this or that, we can admire that they are thinking and processing, but ultimately you want to be able to admit what we believe about Jesus. Not just for ourselves and not in a self-righteous way, but in a way that shows God's love to them. Now, another way we can do this is this acronym LASSIE. And there's some materials I'm looking at that we, we could use here called Everyone a Witness, which ties into our text. And LASSIE stands for listen. This is kind of like ask, admire, admit. Listen, ask, seek, share, invite, encourage. So you, you listen. It's hard for some of us to do, to shut our mouths rather than having all the right answers. And simply, first of all, listen to the person. Listen to them ask more questions, get them to share more about their lives, about themselves, about their struggles. And as they do that, you listen, ask, you seek a point of connection. Is there a connection that you have? Maybe a similar experience, maybe even someone else that you know. You know, this thing, you don't always have to witness alone because if this conversation is an ongoing conversation, you might invite someone else that you know from Holy Savior or another friend group that, you know, is a Christian to connect with them as well. But you, you look for that connection that you can share your life and you can share your faith and how God has been a part of your healing, of your hope, of your brokenness, of your identity. And then you share. You share what can change people's hearts. Ultimately, that's God's word, the Holy Spirit working in God's word. That's the gospel which has the power to save. And then you invite. You invite, yeah, you can invite them to worship and invite them to rally day. But more particularly, you invite that person to keep the conversation going. In other words, you know, you, you say to the person, if you've been having a conversation with them, maybe you've been watching a ball game with the kids, and this is, conversation's gone on and off for, for several weeks or months, and then maybe you say, hey, you know, would you like to get coffee sometime? You know, or would you like to go get a beer sometime? We can talk some more. And, and, and invite that conversation to continue. So that we see that these often are conversations. It's not a, you know, I'm going to convert you right now at this moment, you know, but an ongoing conversation. Sometimes it's weeks and months and even years. So we listen, we ask, we seek, we invite, and we encourage. We encourage the person to keep thinking about God and about those words of God that we have shared with them, about the hope that is, can be theirs in Jesus Christ. So let me ask you this question. As you think about the, these methods here, and, and you can Google and find other methods and stuff like that, which is the best method for sharing the Christian faith? Which is the best, best method for being a witness for Jesus? So as you ponder really quick, don't answer. Sometimes I want you to answer. This time I don't want you to answer. I just want you to think. Because ultimately, you know what? There's probably no absolutely right answer to which is the best. Some of it depends on the situation you're in, the people you're with, but more importantly, it depends on your personality. Because some of you are a little more like me. You might just talk to anybody. 
and be willing to start a conversation with somebody standing in line with you and, and lead that into a spiritual conversation. You might be willing to, you know, knock on someone's door, a new neighbor, and say, hey, just wanted to welcome you and offer them, a, you know, a plate of cookies and start that conversation. Others, you know, it, it may take a little bit more for you to do that. You may want to show them hospitality or kindness and be praying for them for weeks and months for God to open that opportunity and to give you the courage to begin talking and sharing and asking questions and being a witness. You see, ultimately, it's with our lives we are a witness. Now, are we always the perfect witness? No, you know? That's why I don't have a little fish on the back of my car. You know, I take the roundabout on a regular basis. I come around that roundabout, and sometimes people are going to come through there and feel like they're going to run me over. I don't give them a look. They're like, Jesus loves you. <laughs> Jesus looks like, get out of my way, you know? There's no fish there because that's, that would not be the best witness. So I say, you know, how can I do that? And part of that too is often that when we do fail, we do fall because we will. They'll see that in our families. They'll see that with us at work. That, you know, we can talk about that. And if they ever ask and challenge us, you know what? Christians are not perfect by any means. We are people who need God's love just like everybody else. But we know when we celebrate God's love. We love a God who loves us so much that he sent his only son into this world. A God who loves us and calls us. And he gathers us here together to be a community, a place where people can belong. No matter where they've been, no matter what they've done, no matter who they are, this is a place people can belong because in Jesus, we all belong together. In Jesus, in his love, he calls us and he gathers us around the gifts that he offers. And he sends us out to share that love through our words and our actions. Now, ultimately, we have to get to the message, right? Because you can talk about all kinds of different messages, but we have a particular message that we want to get to. It's one that's a passage that's probably familiar to you, a little bit different translation, John 3, 16. But let's talk about this message. Let's read this together. God loved the world this way. He gave his only son that everyone who believes in him will not perish but will have eternal life. So you want to talk about, again, a God who created this world how our sins separate us from God, that there is nothing, no good deeds we could do that can erase our sins, that can pay for our sins. But that God saves us from our sins, from the death and resurrection of Jesus. Something amazing, something we don't fully understand, but something we believe, and how that shapes our lives. It shapes our lives in the good moments when we are doing great things and awesome things, and we're following Jesus. It shapes our lives the times that we falter and fail, the times that we don't do what we know we should do, times that we are not generous, the times we look at somebody in the roundabout, know that we have a God whose love is so great and so amazing. But this is the message we share. Do our actions, backpacks, candy during trunk and treat, do our words as we listen to others and we hear their story and we share with them into their story God's amazing love. So here's the, the question. How will you live as a witness? How will we live as a witness? You see, this is a question for you individually, as a family. It's a question for all of us together. It's a question we should really think about because you may live as a witness a little differently than I do because God has wired and gifted you differently, and that's good. And now it's awesome. It's just like he's brought all the different times and talents and treasures here at Holy Savior. He's brought all of us different in different ways that we can witness, he's brought us here together to be his witness, to be his light on this hill 
in Northwest Lincoln. So as we ask this question, how will you live as a witness? It's not only you as a singular you, but it's plural. It is us together. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, we give you thanks and we give you praise. We give you thanks and praise for the great gift of your love and your forgiveness. We give you thanks and praise that, Lord, you came into this world. You came to suffer and die that we would have life in you. Lord, as we talk about being a witness, sometimes it's easy for us to think that belongs to somebody else. It belongs to those who are going overseas, who are crossing national borders. It belongs to very specialized people. But Lord, each and every one of us is called to be a witness. Lord, you've wired some of us to be really bold in that witness, to be willing to go to anyone and everyone and speak to them. You've wired some of us, Lord, to be more gentle. You've wired some of us to be very caring, others to be very hospitable. And Lord, as you've wired us, you brought us here together at Holy Savior. We thank you for this mix of of different people, of, of different ways of being your witnesses that we are together. And that, Lord, individually and together, we can be a witness to your great love for the world, to your community, our community here in Lincoln. We pray this, Jesus, in your name. Amen. For more information about Holy Savior, including service times and location, please visit holysavior.org. Thanks for listening, and until next time, God bless.